Hi, and welcome to the Human Side of Business podcast. I'm Angie Cabe, CEO and co-founder of Intuity Performance. I'm a performance coach, HR professional, whole person leadership facilitator, and your host. The Human Side of Business podcast is fueled by the genuine curiosity to understand how personal characteristics and skills can be leveraged to drive individual and team performance, tangible outcomes, and ultimately organizational success within business. Each podcast is devoted to sharing knowledge, expanding our learning edges, and exploring the trends in corporate culture towards growing the emotional intelligence of organizations. I'm so glad you're here. Hi there, this is Ange McCabe, CEO and co-founder of Intuity Performance, where our business is the success of your business. I'm a performance coach, HR professional, facilitator, and your host of the Elevate Business Podcast. The Elevate Business Podcast is a journey of discovery fueled by the curiosity to genuinely understand what makes people tick when it comes to their professional path, choices made, and the personal characteristics that drive performance, tangible outcomes, and ultimately success. The Elevate Business Podcast is here to promote the enormous contributions of small and medium-sized businesses around the world by exploring the actions that make a workplace successful, the trends in corporate culture towards growing the emotional intelligence of an organization, and how we build whole person performance from the ground up. Each podcast is devoted to sharing knowledge, growing our learning edges, and honoring our passions with a special guest who has elevated their business, overcome obstacles, and inspires others to do the same. So glad you're here. Hi, and a warm welcome to episode number 30 of the Elevate Business Podcast. Both myself, Ange McCabe, and Scott Russ are your hosts. We have the pleasure of introducing you to Michael Collins, a passionate entrepreneur based out of Edmonton, Alberta, here in Canada. Building on his experience as a financial services professional with BMO, Michael is the founder and CEO at Periculum Technologies, which is breaking down barriers in developing countries with their alternative credit credit rating system. Welcome, Michael. Hi. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. So tell us a little bit about yourself, your company role, and a little bit about your journey and how you've gotten here. So, yeah. So I was... Uh, originally from Nigeria, I was born and raised in Nigeria, and I came out to Canada in 2004, went to school for a bit, and then went into the um, financial industry, financial services industry. Um, and then that's kind of where I started to ad- identify the problem that we're tackling right now. Um, in Canada, about one in 10 people are underserved by the current financial uh, system, financial and credit system. Mm-hmm. And you see that a lot in the banking industry where you have people that have a thin file where they're unable to get loans, get credit because uh, they don't have enough credit history. So, and that's where I started to identify the problem. And then uh, that led me to start my first venture uh, called Great North Capital. Um, where we focused on underserved individuals and underserved businesses in the uh, Albertan uh, area, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I mean, we we you know we were pretty successful, and uh, but when we looked out and we widened our scope, we re- realized that um, if you look at underserved markets, you look at, for example, the African market, uh, the, the number of people underserved by the current financial credit system is about one in three. Mm-hmm. 
So that kind of led us to make a, an adjustment in our thinking where we thought to ourselves that, well, I mean, the small regional uh, company can't really make that big of an impact. So mm. we decided to be focus and uh, rebrand and that's where curriculum came from so um yeah so we decided that the best way to uh, serve as many people as possible and help as many people as possible is to create a brand new credit system um data analytic system that can actually create that kind of impact Mm-hmm. And in in preparation for recording today, Michael, you had some great insights with regards to curriculum per- and uh, how you've founded that name. Tell us a little bit more about that. So, curriculum is a Latin name. It means risk or danger. And as we all know, Latin is a dead language. Once upon a time, Latin was uh, the most spoken language in the world. Kind of like how English is taking over from that. And um, so curriculum in Latin means risk or danger. So what we are trying to do is we are trying to help banks and financial institutions and businesses avoid risk and danger. So um, we're kind of reclaiming that word and we're purposing it uh, to mean uh, have a different meaning. Thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. <laughs> no, that's, that's great, Michael. And uh, I really appreciate you sharing your story about how the evolution uh, of what is now called curriculum, where it started out really serving the the Edmonton and Alberta market, and then taking a step back and really looking at that bigger scope as to how can we have a greater impact and looking at serving underserved markets. And I'm curious throughout that throughout that journey, what has the role of performance kind of played in in developing or in the evolution of curriculum? So in, um, when we started out, it um, you know we just had a simple mandate of you know helping underserved communities, and we we kind of looked at it from a lens of how to best do that. Um, if you know, how do we get people that were neglected from the financial system, involved in the financial system. And the best way to do that is to kind of empower the banks to help them better analyze their data. Um, there, There's two misconceptions about banks, or I guess the whole African market, there's two misconceptions. One, uh, the first misconception is that there's no money in Africa. So let's, you know, keep, you know, pumping aid, let's keep, uh, is keep um, creating more uh, micro lending companies or lending companies, and that's not simply that's simply not true. There's a lot of resources and money in the African market. The other misconception that is in the African market is there is no data, no available data on people to be able to make uh, you know um, credit assessments or risk assessments on individuals and companies. And that's also not true. There's a lot of data and, and um, a lot of financial institutions have a lot of this data and, you know, they just don't really know a lot of how to do what to do with it. So, um, so when we look at it from a performance point of view, we just trying to help our, the financial institutions perform better and deliver more pro- more of their services, their financial services to more people uh, to empower them to, um, you know, change their lives and make their lives a little bit better. 
Mm-hmm. And so it really sounds like, Michael, that you've taken this opportunity and stepped forward to challenge the financial market and really turn that kind of proverbial triangle upside down to look at it in a different manner for, um, you know, dis- disadvantaged markets. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to your learnings throughout this journey, mm-hmm. tell us what, what's been the biggest one for you? Um, as an entrepreneur, it's difficult. Um, it's one of those things where, I mean, you know, you, you, you don't, become an entrepreneur to be rich. I mean, I don't, I don't really, I don't care what anybody says. There's other easier ways to be rich. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, uh, people look at like the Elon Musk and, you know, uh, Jeff Bezos and all those guys and go, oh, wow, well, you know, you know, the, the main uh, thing is passion and love mm. what you do. And that's something in, in your why. Um, that's something that you have to have a very strong why to put yourself through this. And it's it's one of those things that it's 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 extremely difficult. So in terms of learnings, well, I've learned a lot about myself, about uh, how much pain I can tol- uh, tolerate. And as an entrepreneur, there's a lot of pain. You it's it's um, I think is Elon Musk has said that um, entrepreneurship is like uh, staring to the eating glass and staring to the abyss. And is I mean that's a little bit morbid, but it it's it's not entirely uh, wrong. But it's just the biggest, like I said, biggest thing I've learned about myself is the ability to hear a lot of no's. You know, a lot of people you know look at you like you know what are you doing? You're crazy and just keep going the perseverance the ability to just keep moving forward mm. uh, i think that's the biggest thing that i've learned about myself mm. is that i you know I, I you know there's you know regardless of whatever happens i just you know pick myself back up and i just keep going forward and i'm curious michael has that always been the case for you or is that something that you feel has been cultivated over time this ability to adapt and to pick yourself back up and overcome challenges. Yeah, I think that goes to the, um, there's a, a lot of studies of uh, are entrepreneurs born or are they made? Mm. Um, it, it, I think a bit of both. For, for, for me, for example, um, I was raised by my grandparents in Nigeria and my grandfather, um, you know, he grew up, you know, poor and he ended up becoming very very wealthy and it was through real estate i owned a lot of prime real estate in lagos um and he was able to pull himself out of uh, poverty and give his kids and grandkids the opportunity opportunity for a better life Mm -hmm. because of his hard work i was able to come to canada right and you know it just shows that that kind of um you know effort how far it can go into the future Mm -hmm. so I think part of my makeup is from that. Just, you know, I was, of course, I wasn't alive when he was, when he was starting out and going through his struggles, but I've heard stories. And um, I think, you know, growing up with my grandparents and see my grandpa not go to work and he's just well off. And, you know, I'd go with him. Um, sometimes I would, you know, just ride around with him and the driver would go to his banker and you go see his, is it, you know, um, different people that have different meetings? I just seen that just kind of like, it's like, hmm. So there is a different way 
to become successful other than working for somebody, right? So, so a bit of that is was taught um, just by seeing my grandpa, and a bit of that I think is just something that you develop as you go on. Um, that kind of resilience and uh, that mindset. Mm. And I'm curious to understand. So you've spoken a lot in the past few uh, moments, which is highly interesting to us, of course, when it comes to that grit and resilience muscle. So what, I guess, what process or what thought process do you go through when you hit those walls or when you get knocked back based on, you know, your, your, um, your vision and your mission with your company? Um, I meditate. Um, I think having a spiritual connection is very important in this in this in this game. It's you know if 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 a person is a religious person, then you, you should go closer to your religion, whatever that religion is. Um, if you're a spiritual person like myself, um, I think meditating and just having that self awareness is very important. Because there's a lot of obstacles and it's very challenging. And, you know, you have all these people telling you no and it can be done. And, you, you know, all this stuff, right? And when you go through that, um, when, you, when you go through things like that, you have to have something that centers you. Mm-hmm. That helps you, that reminds you of, um, of um, yourself and keeps you in, in the moment, in the present, right? Um, and also for me, um, if I'm having a really like long, tough day, I would just, you know, um, right now I'm working in my basement. I'll just go upstairs and hang out with my boys and we'll watch our cartoons, right? You know, like cartoons <laughs> that I watched when I was a kid. And, you know, um, cartoons like Yu-Gi-Oh! Dragon Balls. It's like, I, you know, it's just mm-hmm. like cartoons, right? And you just, it helps you because it takes you out of that mindset and, you know, you know, you're hanging with your loved ones and you realize that, you know what, at the end of the day, you know, it doesn't matter what happens. You have mm. people that love you. And um, that definitely helps. I think having a strong connection um, to people that love you no matter what, and also having that spiritual or religious connection will you know, help you through uh, difficult times for sure. Mm-hmm. Sounding like it's, it's that balance between really knowing your North star, having yeah. positive outlets and being able to play and almost turn yeah. off for a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. And shifting gears a little bit here, Michael, um, have you faced any pain points around growing your team? And what, what does that look like in the evolution of curriculum? So hiring is extremely difficult and also uh, rewarding. You need to have a, a solid team. Mm. Like my background is business. I know nothing about data analytics. I know nothing about coding. I know just enough to have a conversation. Like when you talk mm. about machine learning, AI. So having a solid team is is very important. Um, having said that, if you you have to have the mindset of being able to hire very slowly, but fire very quickly. And we've had people, people that joined us that didn't fit our culture. Uh, we have a small team, but we already are developing a culture. Uh, mm-hmm. That same tenacity and grit and determination, um, that drive, it comes from the top. And I've kind of, 
you know, kind of infected like my whole team with that same mindset. Um, so if someone comes in that doesn't fit into that, they typically don't last. They typically realize that, yeah, you know, this is not what I thought it was. So they typically will remove themselves or they'll end up getting fired. Um, but in terms of building a team, you have to, as a leader, as the person at the top, you set the standard. Uh, I, I, I say a business is like an upside down house. The foundation is at the top. It's not at the bottom. It's at the top. And you set that foundation for the rest of your team. And if you don't have that uh, determination and drive and, and whatever core strengths you have, your team won't have that as well. So um, for me, like I mentioned, I hire very slowly. I go through a long process before I um, hire someone. Unless that person is recommended by someone that I already trust, I, t- I, I tend to hire very slowly. And then after, uh, and then when, when I do hire someone, I, there's a trial period where I kind of um, almost micromanage a bit because um, I, I want to see how you do. But then once you prove to me that I can trust you and you actually are capable of doing what is expected of you, I leave you alone. I typically, I'll just kind of say, okay, you know what, I'll leave you alone. And I know that, you know, uh, the outcome is going to be positive. Mm-hmm. And so uh, when it comes to your team environment, what is it that you've done in the past or you're currently doing to ensure that your team environment thrives? Um, weekly team meetings is very important. Um, I think when you you have to have a, a team meeting. Um, so the way we work is I have a team meeting with my um, my sales team and I have a team meeting with my um, uh, technical team and being able to have those meetings. I didn't have one-on-one meetings where I actually meet one-on-one with my team. So being able to talk to your team and just, you know, one-on-one and as a team and kind of, you know, be open is very important especially with COVID and everything's all remote. Uh, we're all doing everything remote on Zoom and so on. Um, just having that open line of communication and being open with your team. And that's mm-hmm. one thing that I'm, I've always been. I tell my team everything, you know. Um, I, I don't sugarcoat anything. They're adults, all right? It's like, you're a grown adult. I'm not going to hide anything from you. If this didn't happen, I'll tell you. If this happened, I'll tell you. If this is going to happen, I'll tell you. Like, and just having that openness with your team. And that mm. trust team um, is very important because people know when you're not being trustworthy. They know. They have that sixth sense, that, that gut feel. When you, they, they feel like you're not being upfront with them, they know. So having that blatant transparency, which is what I have with my team, is just I'm very transparent with them. You know, helps them, you know, uh, gives them that sense of um, calm where they know, okay, well, you know, I know everything I used to know about curriculum, about the direction we're going and I'm okay, you know? So um, being openly transparent and just trusting your team with the knowledge and just saying, you know what, here's all the knowledge, you know, uh, about what's going on and then do with it as you will. Mm-hmm. So hearing that it's like the the open virtual doors and, yeah. you know, leading from the top around communication and it being blatant and transparent um, so that all the cards are on the table all the time. So your team members have that 
psychological security and safety in the sense of two-way conversation. Exactly. I mean, that's something that you don't see in the corporate, in the corporate world where, you know, the, all the information stays at the top. It doesn't go down. And, you know, if, for example, if a business is, is having financial trouble and this layoffs is about to happen, usually people at the bottom don't realize, don't know that there's going to be layoffs until it happens. Whereas right. the people at the top knew about it six months ago, right? right. So that's the mistrust that a lot of people have with the corporate world where mm. the information that needs to get to the people that it really affects because it affects mm. the people at the you know, when if you lay off someone and they lose their income, they can pay their bills. Like the executives at the top, they're fine. I mean, they have their golden parachutes, they're fine. It doesn't matter what happens. But the people that really affects, they don't get the information until it's too late. And they can't make a decision quick enough until it's too late. So having that transparency is extremely important. And that's something that I I you know tell my team and that's something that I want to uh, impacting my team as we get bigger. Um, it's to just, you know, let's just put all the cards on the table, like you say, and let's just figure out, you know, what the problem is and how to move forward from there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm hearing, Michael, uh, some important things that you, you've done with, with building your company, one of them being hiring slow, and really mm-hmm. identifying who, who a good fit is. Um, also being able to build up trust with the people that you're working with so that they can actually take ownership of their positions and, and thrive in that type of environment, as well as developing this transparent communication around being able to lay all the cards on the table and have uh, adult conversations about what's going on within the business. Um, have you had any challenges or what does it look like in terms of trying to get buy-in into your vision. You mentioned the passion you have and how why has really fueled your performance. How have you kind of, you know, been able to, to get, have your team adapt that same type of, uh, of uh, passion? So, yeah, like I mentioned, you know, before the foundation of a good business from the top. And if you have a mission and a vision you want to attract people that have the same a similar uh, vision. They may not know exactly what their vision they have in their mind is or what their mission is, but if you have a strong enough mission and vision, you'll be able to attract people that are like-minded. Um, and that's and that's also a template for you to know if this person is the right fit mm. um, for your because this 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 game is is hard. I mean, it's it's hard uh, being an entrepreneur and doing something uh, like this is hard. And you're gonna a lot of people are gonna tell you that you're crazy can be done, right? And that's okay. I mean, you know that those people now they don't fit into the grand scheme of what you're trying to build or accomplish. So, um, if you when you're building a team, when you are uh, growing or scaling, having that upfront conversation of exactly what you want to do and what you want to build and what the mission is, mm. what the vision is. And having that uh, said to your, uh, the candidate or whoever you're talking to um, is extremely important because that's one way you weed out people that don't fit into your what, what you're trying to accomplish. So mm. um, 
in terms of so getting people to believe or buy into your vision i mean it's you can't really make people do what they're not really programmed to do if they don't have any minds to do it then you can't really make them do it all you can do is tell enough people about it and the people that believe in you will will join you and people that don't will will you know do you uh, the favor of not wasting your time and just say, well, you know, and just um, leave you alone and go, okay, well, this guy's obviously out to lunch and then they just leave you be, right? So, um, yeah, I think that's, it's a great way to kind of um, sift through uh, potential people, partners, not even just employees, even partners that you're going to be partnering with, even mm. and so on. It's kind of a way to sift through people. So you don't mm. waste your time with people that don't actually buy into your vision. Exactly. We really appreciate your candor with regards to, you know, how you've come about your journey and performance communication, putting those proverbial cards on the table, and then weeding through individuals to ensure that, you know, it's champions around success and your vision. So what are three words of inspiration you would want the world to hear? Uh, Three words. Perseverance. Um, humanity, um, I was going to say, uh, so perseverance, um, mission and humanity. So Mm -hmm. I think those are the words that just automatically come to mind, uh, perseverance, because obviously, you know, everything we do is hard and, I say this to people when, you know, people look at me and I have friends that go, oh, you know, you work for yourself and you don't have to uh, answer to anybody. And I go, you know what? It doesn't matter what you do. It's hard. Uh, Being an entrepreneur is hard. Being an employee is hard. Being a single mom or single parent is hard. Like everybody has, you know, whatever you do, it's hard. And just having that perseverance to just keep going uh to keep pushing forward despite obstacles is um you know why i say persistence um and then uh, mission you know having a mission around what you are persistent about is very important uh you you can't i mean you have been like a, a a mission of solving a problem and that leads to humanity um you know we are here to try to i mean a lot of us want to make the world a little bit better than we found it. Um, and I know that's definitely what we're trying to do is just, you know, uh, but, you know, when our work is done, we want to know that we've left humanity a little bit better, uh, the world a little bit better than the way it was before. So, yeah, those are the three words for me. Mm, amazing. Thank you so much for sharing uh, with us your vision um, and also the three words uh, that you're leaving us with. Uh, with regards to uh, the podcast today, Michael, we really appreciate your time. No problem. Well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. It was fun. Yeah. Um, and we also really appreciate sharing your entrepreneur- entrepreneurial insights with Intuity Performance and our s- subscribers. For those who would like to learn more about uh, Michael's business, we're going to provide a link to his company profile on the Elevate Business Podcast title page. Take good care. Thank you very much for all of our subscribers to tuning in into another great episode of the Elevate Business uh, podcast. Take good care.
Thanks for listening to the Elevate Business Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the program. You can subscribe to future podcasts at intuityperformance.com, where you can also sign up for webinars and learn more about professional coaching and our facilitation solutions available to help fire up your whole person performance skills and drive actions for success. Until next time, stay true to you and take care of each other. We are all better together. Thanks for listening to the Human Side of Business podcast. I'm glad you could join us. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to stay updated with our latest content, make sure to visit our website. The link can be found in the episode description where you can subscribe to the podcast, sign up for our newsletter and learn more about our whole person leadership services. Sounds interesting? Explore the whole person leadership cohort by Intuity Performance, a unique program that offers unparalleled support to managers on every step of their leadership journey. Our program features evidence-based assessments, workbooks, group coaching, and interactive learning experiences to help you level up your leadership skills. Reach out today to apply to one of our upcoming cohorts. Until next time, take care and stay curious.